1: Learn more at marines.com. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's Purple Daily.
2: Has questions. Blue fifty eight, blue fifty eight, go. And he wants your answers.
1: Street, red, 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 Polly! blue poncho.
2: In rapid fire fashion.
1: Gun flex right stack. Three ninety four dragon smoke.
2: It's hot routes
1: on purple
2: daily. Five
1: eighty, green That is right. Hot routes is back. We uh, took a little hiatus from Hot Routes because of training camp. We did it last week. But then, you know, yeah, we're trying to get it back going to an everyday occurrence. I miss it when it's not here. All right, ramp it up if you have the NFL music here in our uh, Minnesota State Fair booth let me see
2: if I can get some going All All right, right.
1: very good Um, by the way if you missed any of our first hour of the show Judd Zolgad, Courtney Cronin uh, make sure you go to iTunes wherever you get your podcasts and just type in Purple Daily and I am told that if you give us a rating it helps other people find our football show a nice gentleman from Atlanta came up earlier said he's a Vikings fan he loves listening to the show so be like that man my hi. suggestion. I know nothing else about him, but at least in that aspect of And his bring life, cookies. Courtney like wants, yeah. Yeah, Courtney well, wants w- cookies. It, it She's uh, good. getting agitated. Um, okay, <laughs> let's begin. Manny's involved in this as well. All right. Courtney Cronin, Judd Zolgad. Uh, Sean McVeigh, everyone. Genius, we all agree. Yes, yes, genius. Okay. And you're a genius if you uh, know him. Exactly. Um, Great hair. Which That's is why about. we, the only reason we have Sage Rosenfels help us on the stations is because he <laughs> knows Sean McVeigh. Um He said that preseason games just not really worth the risk of playing his starters. So he doesn't feel like playing his starters. Doug Peterson said he would prefer to just have joint practices and no preseason games. And uh, as uh, maybe some of the world is figuring out uh, after this last week in a particular controversy, even what happens during the games doesn't really matter to coaching staffs in terms of their evaluation. So let me ask you this. Is something going to happen in the next CBA with this sort of groundswell of newer coaches saying, look, we don't want to play starters. These preseason games are useless. Are, is there going to be a change to the preseason in our future? Uh, yes, there is going
3: to be. I fear I fear that Roger, being, Roger is going to push through some type of weird 18-game schedule uh, for the regular season, which I also hate. Um, but the owners aren't going to give up two gates entirely. I do think, though, that we we are, now when it comes to exhibition games, at critical mass, because if if fewer and fewer guys are just going to play guys that fans care about, you can't really charge them for that. Well, you can, I guess, rob them blind, but it's not (laughs) fair. So, uh, I would say that something will happen unfortunately i think we're going to get 18 regular season games here sooner yes, rather than later and we'll be down to two, two preseason, pre-season games. games and you
1: know what's made it worse yeah. is that they don't have the cut downs yep. so 70 so to 75 right, so they used to go nine 50, so then you had just good players competing for last spots now you you could just take that whole fourth preseason game play all the guys who aren't on the team and mm-hmm. like congratulations you get to keep your jersey and nobody wants to see that I'll
0: take the adversarial point here, and I will say that nothing will change uh, with the preseason because I think you have such an old school mentality that think about it. Sean McVay is on the forefront of everything, you have a lot of older coaches in this league who hate that. So maybe just out of spite, does no one, one does
3: one work in Egan?
0: <laughs> I'm not going to say yes or no, but yes. Um, <laughs> I think there's too many other things in the CBA that they're going to be trying to argue and push through before 2020, uh, from the the players' split with the revenue and you know marijuana use and in other things that, you know, the preseason is the preseason. They teams allegedly think that that fourth preseason game matters to try to get guys in the bubble, and for the Minnesota Vikings, it certainly will. Um, play a role because you have guys at position like cornerback and wide receiver who have not stood out so the more opportunities you get I don't think coaches want to lose those opportunities despite how bad the play can be in games one two and four the third game theoretically should be a better game but it probably won't be
2: I don't know if they'll actually change it or not but one thing I think could put it in the in the direction of changing it is if other teams start to follow what Sean McVay is doing by not playing their starters at all if if fans know that their starters are not going to play at all, they're not going to go to these games. And if people are not showing up to these games, then the owners are going to want these games to be transitioned into being regular season games instead of preseason games, because that's going to hurt their game, too.
1: Follow-up hot route on this. So, Sean McVay... Whoa! I know. It's never happened before. First time. Sean McVay, genius. Everyone agree, genius. Yes. We can all say oh, if Sean McVay, yeah. genius. Smart. Oh yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, so I refuse to say it just because I don't want to be a cliche. Fine. <laughs> uh, anyway, so Sean McVay not playing his starters. Doug Peterson's talking about it. Matt Nagy's doing it. All these smart coaches, they're geniuses and so forth. Minnesota Vikings probably going to play Kirk Cousins for the whole half on Saturday afternoon. Should the Minnesota Vikings rethink their preseason strategy? Let's say before tomorrow.
3: <laughs> no. Or, or Saturday Zim, or whatever. Saturday like, afternoon. Gary, I mean, come in. I mean,
1: are they making a mistake? Are they taking an unnecessary risk by playing Kirk Cousins in preseason games? I say 100% yes. Look. I, I think it's ridiculous to play someone who is the difference between potentially winning 11 or 12 games and winning six. Yeah, I understand that, but you
0: ha- I'm sorry. I am of the firm belief that you have to get guys in card- football cardio and in a rhythm. It doesn't happen when you are wearing a red jersey in practice and going against your own guys that you're arguing sacks about like because they can't hit you. Same thing with Dalvin Cook. Play him for a quarter. Playing him for four snaps does nothing for me. Does absolutely nothing. But getting him in a rhythm could be the difference between what happens in week one in not having such a big discrepancy in workload. Um, And it can actually help with injury prevention. Now, as it relates to the quarterback... I don't think you need to play him the whole half, but you need to play him a full quarter. Because the thing with Kirk is, this is a mental game. He mentioned this today at um, Availability, how you feel really bad if you don't get into a fast start in some of the early preseason games. Because you know you've got 9 to 19 snaps. But if you have a whole half to kind of work it through and realize, okay, week one... I can pull back on this experience. It is a limited experience. I know you don't agree with no, any of this. No, I think it's
1: ridiculous to play him. You know what I would do with Kirk Cousins in the preseason? I would stick a headset on him. I'd put him up in the booth right next to Gary. So on your Gary cam, we could see Kirk cam well, as not, well. He's wearing I, his helmet on the he, field. And you know what game. I I would do? I would have them call the offense together. And I would have them talk about the what, plays that they're they using. Should I kumbaya, And, and that, it would be great. They could eat s'mores. There's ice cream at halftime. That's what I, I want. Kirk Cousins eating ice cream and not playing in preseason games it's a difference of six to eight wins if he gets hurt and he took a hit the other night when he took a hit the other night I was like what are you taking this man out of the game you you could ruin your season if someone if falls have, on his ankle. Are you insane? If you have to have preseason games. You if, if, if you absolutely don't. You absolutely do not need ta- any preseason experience. I'm, I'm
0: not I'm talking about 2019. These games exist. They are a thing.
1: But you don't have to play the guy who's the most valuable player play, by You don't need 50 to play him a, You don't
0: need to play him a whole half. You don't need but to play him at all. You need to play him a quarter. Here's
1: how I know. Sam Bradford showed up 10 days later. Sam Bradford wins is a, a game against the, the Packers.
0: He's a different quarterback no, he's not. than Kirk Cousins. Yes, he's like he is. the same guy. Why? Why are
1: like the same guy? He wasn't. He wasn't even on the team. He had no training camp. He shows up and wins a game against the Packers. You,
0: of all people, are the one who always talks about how different Sam Bradford is than Kirk Cousins, and
1: he could come in here and, but, like, just the, this is a 180. Oh, no, no, no. They're, they're, I mean, from an arm strength, yeah, he's got a stronger arm, but I mean, they're like. He's both, a better quarterback. But they're, they're both. But they're both very smart quarterbacks. They could both throw the ball. I mean, Cousins has been practicing with his team now for two years and all the way through OTAs and everything else. There's no reason he has to go out in a purposeless game at U.S. Bank Stadium and play a half and put his body at risk. Why are we arguing about Kirk, you, you guys,
3: when the guys that I hate seeing on the field are Thielen and Diggs and guys who really might get hurt, and Thielen's going I up know. to high point the ball, and I'm like, what are you doing? Just let the ball fall incomplete, and this joker, I don't care about his completion percentage. Um, I hate the exhibition games. I would not play my players, and, and here's the only way that I would, because this is all about me if september if September football was good because of these games then i 'd be like, all right, you know what there 's risk involved, but Judd enjoys the september games, but september 's awful. September is now basically exhibition games masquerading as games that count, and so I think they have to find a different way, but I love the idea of not playing guys and, and here 's why though I love it that it shoves it right up the owners you know what's and that' they are now forced <laughs> they are now forced to confront them they 're now yeah. forced to confront. Like, if you are the Rams, if, if you're a Kroenke, Stan, right? Okay, if you're Stan, do you go to McVay and are like, Goodell called me, we got a problem? Because McVeigh's going to say, you know how good I am at what I do, Stan? Yeah. Here's a middle finger for you. So I am all for completely changing everything about this. And if we have to get there through guys being rusty on an opening night, which, by
1: the way, they're going to be regardless... I don't I don't care I'm playing uh, with them. Manny, what do you think? Are the Vikings making a mistake by playing Kirk Cousins and his two great wide receivers in the first uh, or in the third preseason game?
2: Okay, so I kind of side with Courtney on this Thank you, Manny. in that I would play Kirk Cousins for a quarter, but nothing beyond that. Because if he does get hurt, forget about your season. Like it's it's done. Like you can play it out, but you're probably going to go 7 and 9 or 6 and 10 at best if Sean Mannion's got to start 16 games for you so I would try to minimize that risk as much as possible but I also do think that Cousins needs to get some reps in the preseason just to keep himself a little bit sharp.
0: Not every—I agree with Manny on that. To follow up, not every quarterback. Aaron Rodgers doesn't need to play in the preseason. Tom
2: Brady doesn't. Tom Brady need to play. doesn't. Need Cousins to play in is
0: in his fifth year as an NFL starting quarterback, and he's still talking about how new this system feels. Yeah. He is somebody we talked. Let's go back to like an hour ago when we we're arguing about his mental processing and everything else. He is somebody that needs these types of reps. He's not. He's not in the elite upper echelon of guys who can process quickly, Man. who this comes second nature to. He needs to get in a mental rhythm, and I think that this helps. Okay,
1: so he- here's how I look at it's this.
0: It's not a one-size-fits-all argument. If, if if you, you're trying to make it if,
1: if you were telling me to pick... How many wins the Vikings would have if Kirk Cousins didn't play in the preseason? Wow. I would say, let's go with 11. How many do they play if he gets hurt? Let's go with five. <laughs> I'm not changing my win-loss based on if he plays in the preseason, so therefore I don't think it's it if has you, any purpose in, whatsoever. If you think
0: I'm negating the fact about him getting hurt, then you're wrong. I'm talking about from a mental processing standpoint and how quickly he can make this happen in the regular season and he's somebody who needs reps I'm
1: sorry like he's it's not a one-size-fits-all argument I mean he has how many starts I mean we're talking about a guy started like 70 it's a games brand new his offense. career it is a,
0: brand new, a, a offense. brand new
1: offense that he ran already with Sean McVay that he's still in, talking in about. In I'm wondering when my
0: instincts of are going to come back he's
1: not going to say everything's perfect and we're all set here he's always going to talk about things they could do better I mean Do I doubt that in the first quarter of the first game, he might be like, oh, well, that's right. There was a little tweak there. But over the, the whole season, I mean, every quarterback is going to play so few reps in the preseason. I cannot imagine where there's going to be this big gap between how he plays. And unless there was, I can't possibly justify the risk. When he took the hit the other night, it's like, how about the offensive line melts down on a blitz? Yeah. And then everyone's running free at Kirk Cousins. I'm thinking, was this see, worth it? Was you, this a smart idea for you?
2: See, that's my thing. It, I Honestly, if I would start him, and if it looks like in that first possession that the offensive line is just going to be overmatched, even if it's a preseason game. Could be game, too late, Manny. Then, yeah, that's a good point. He if, if could the offensive be dead line, by then, Manny. <laughs> if, the, if the line looks like they're going to be overpowered and overmatched on that first, first possession, okay, Kirk, go sit down. Well, that's going to be John great May
0: when that's the there. case. When are they not? Yeah, like exactly. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's going to be the point. case like multiple times a season uh, that you're really <laughs> in trouble.
1: Okay, uh, let's uh, move forward here with our hot routes. So the Cowboys have reportedly and i can't imagine where a report like this would come from i'm just you know just so confused the reports like this and who could be leaking them uh but the uh, cowboys offer was to make zeke elliott one of the two highest paid running backs in the nfl and he continues to sit out how do you folks see it playing out with ezekiel elliott especially since the zeke who a comment from jerry jones does ezekiel elliott sit out does he try to force a trade does he sign a deal there is a salary cap in this world, and Jerry Jones has to work. Uh, and they just within. signed
3: another player, didn't
1: they? A couple James days. James Smith, yeah. they're Jake, very good yeah. Line yeah. linebacker. Yeah.
3: Um, I believe that he is going to miss the entire season. Entire Le- season. Le- Le'Veon Bell set a precedent now. These, if you're a running back and you think that that you deserve not top running back dollar, but top player dollar, you're basically screwed now. And, and I mean, these guys are talking about forming their own union. Yeah. And let the, me tell you right yeah, now, it ain't, it ain't gonna happen. No. And and they do play, and this is not saying that Delvin Cook's not important, but they do play, as we've discussed before, a disposable position. You can be replaced there. You're not impossible. You don't have you don't have a skill set that I can't find. I think he misses the entire year in trying to make and trying to be the second guy in two years to make a statement that's gonna fall on deaf ears.
0: Correct me if I'm wrong here. Isn't the situation similar to Melvin Gordon's that if he doesn't play his contract holes, right? Because he's in, he's now going into his fourth season. That's the reason everybody forgets about Le'Veon Bell. He's a free agent, or excuse me, he got the franchise, franchise tag, tag on yep. him. Um, it's different, so yeah. that's why I don't think he will sit out the entire season because nobody wants the, the to be in that situation. option, Nobody wants to be in that situation. He was the fourth overall pick, anyways. Um, I think he's going to continue to play hardball, and I'm here for it. I'm here
3: for it. Unless you are, signs when? Or comes back when? Comes
0: back, let's say, I don't know, Week some six point or whatever. Yeah, early in the season okay. before the first half, because unless you're offering me Todd Gurley money, do not come with me to me with anything less. That's my stance on it.
2: Boy. Yeah, I, it's it's tricky because I feel like Dak Prescott needs Zeke Elliott to really play as well as he possibly can. I know Alfred Morris and those the backups have stepped in and done a nice job, but... Zeke is Zeke is a different monster and I think if they want their quarterback to play at the top of his game they're going to need Zeke to be in the backfield with him. I think they're going to I think the two sides are going to eventually come to a sort of a middle ground on this. Zeke's not going to get exactly what he wants and the Cowboys are not going to be able to just say, okay, Zeke, we'll screw you. We'll see you later. We don't need you. I think they'll come to a middle ground. They'll get something done.
1: So I agree with you on how this plays out, Manny. I think that eventually they do sign a deal fairly early in the season where eventually Zeke's people just say, okay, dude, you're running back. Just kind of take what they give you here. Uh, You're going to be a multimillionaire anyway, and sorry, the system is a joke. Like, if they didn't have a salary cap, then Jerry Jones would easily have just paid this man for his services. But here's the... uh, The bargaining chip that I think Jerry Jones has, and and it's the best one that anyone can put down, Amari Cooper. They can throw the ball now. The second half of the season with Amari Cooper, they're throwing the ball better than Dak Prescott ever has in his career, and if you can throw the ball, then sorry, Zeke, you don't need you as much as we thought we did. Randall Cobb, too. And and, and Randall Cobb, and plus the fact that Travis Frederick is back on their offensive line, and if their offensive line is great, then we know other players can... Maybe not be quite Zeke, but, what, 80% of him? And that's probably good enough for the running back position. All right, last one, last hot route for us here. Uh, Andy Reid. Now, don't you love when you go to, like, a family function and they say, oh, you've got you've gotten uh, so big, right? Like when you're a kid growing up oh, and sees yeah, you yeah. for the first. Oh, yeah. you've really grown. Yeah. Now, the version of that in sports is, boy, X player looks like he could still play. Like, no, he doesn't never does <laughs> no matter who it is because if they could they would yep Andy Reid did that to Brett Favre oh so yeah Brett oh, looks no. like he still got yep. it oh, boy. now we know our friend Sage could still throw 80 I bet Favre can still ramp it up too oh, yeah. um he said that Brett Favre looks like he could still play so here's what I want to know from you guys if there was a quarterback that you could bring back retired quarterback who's you know still around and maybe in his 40s or 50s and you said you know what for a couple of games, we could bring him back. Who would it be? Michael Vick. Michael Vick. That's it. I'm trying to figure answer. out what
0: year he, how old he is. All right, so he's 39.
1: Oh yeah. So this oh. is
0: it totally falls within the range. And I don't. Absolutely I, Michael and Fick. I don't
1: mean like make it. Go- I mean you bring back uh, the good version of them.
0: I'm bringing back Atlanta Falcons version of him, like Dirty Bird version of him. Yes, the, thousand percent. The
3: fast guy that left poor Beakerd in the uh, <laughs> is depleted in the Metrodome. Uh, since I can't go far. Since you threw Farb out, I am going to go Kurt Warner. Oh, yeah. Kurt yeah. Warner and that arm. The and, accuracy, and, and, yep. and, yeah. And, and I'm talking about the Rams guy. Cardinals, perhaps, but I actually covered a game you played in Green Bay in the brief stint with the Giants, and that was not a good Kurt. I did not enjoy that yes, Kurt. Yes, yeah, that was so- – I'm going to go farther back to the Rams. It was like broken greatest. thumb, Kurt. Didn't he have like a thumb problem that hurt him in New York? He For lo- a couple of years. Yeah, I think I, so. The Rams. I believe Eli got concussed in that game, though, and Kurt came off the bench and came in, and it was just, it didn't look good. Yeah. So I'm going Rams. What I'll do you think, Manny?
2: I'll go Tony Romo. I'll go Tony Romo. Why is that? You're sucking he, up to Mackey. That's why you did that. <laughs> you want him to get a title? Well, I honestly think. Tony Romo could actually go back now. He's been sitting out for two years now, so it's a little Yeah, he probably but, could do that. But I think he's probably the the guy that is retired now that would probably be the closest to resembling, to be able to step in right now and actually be actually pretty good as he is right now. So, yeah, I'll go with Tony Romo.
1: Okay, I want to go off the board here. I'll tell you guys who I'll <laughs> This pick. is shocking. I want Jeff George back. I want Jeff George <laughs> no, back. No, don't say NFL. that, kids. He'll come back. I, I know, I know. <laughs> Jeff George, I I bet Jeff George still has a cannon, and he was also a hot mess. So when you have now social media and everything else, and you have microphones everywhere to listen in on every meltdown between Jeff George and the sidelines, I think he played in the wrong era. If he was playing now, he would be so much fun. And one of my favorite things every time someone will put out a video of Randy Moss highlights is the ones with Jeff George because the ball is traveling so outrageously fast. Like, who could throw like this? I mean, I mean, just it like made no sense how fast that and uh, uh, accurately it ties rope, when he was man. launching the ball. Yeah. He was super fun to watch, and if he hadn't been just a disaster, yeah. maybe he would have had a much better career. His coaches hated him. I know that's what's great hated about him. it. June Jones hated his. That's guts. What's so good about it. Um, it would have been lots of fun in 2019. All right, <laughs> that's hot routes. If you missed any of the shows so far from the Minnesota State Fair, Matthew Collar, Courtney Cronin, Judd Zolgad, make sure you get it on iTunes and give us the five-star rating or whatever else you want to do with that. A good question on Twitter about the Chicago Bears. Let me uh, answer that with you two, friends. When we return, you're listening to Purple Daily on Score North. All right, we're uh, back here on Purple Daily, so put your headphones back <laughs> on Courtney and I was Judd. yelling about the
0: quarterback fine system I, I, that we found out a whole lot about today during Kirk Cousins uh, media okay. availability. Alright, I have
1: one thought on that, and I want to answer <laughs> this question on Twitter. Um, so Kirk Cousins uh, responded to Kyle Sloter saying that he gets fined for a uh, big timer fine for talking to the media, for doing interviews. He has to pay the other quarterbacks $20. My thing is Twenty dollars, really? Like guys, that's that's it, huh? Is that it's is, is not on a scale for like uh, Cousins, Mannion, Slota on what they get paid. Well, that so means twenty bucks.
0: Slota's still on that rookie deal. What's that
1: like? Two cents
0: for Kirk Cousins? I mean, they're just trying to watch out for I, Kyle. They don't want to yeah, make him I, go broke because he that's talks to everyone. probably
1: smart uh, that they're trying to tell him to stop talking, but he a doesn't. That's the thing that so. Judd
0: and I were talking about before I got all uh, – I forgot to put my headphones on. Like, that's a thing the offensive linemen do. That's he's the reason um, that half of them are never around in the locker room yeah. when we try to find
1: them. Yeah. Slaughter is not – the more he talks, the the worse he makes <laughs> himself sound because now he's saying that it's a it's a narrative that he's not good in practice, but his head coach said he's good in practice. like, you know, maybe you should just go into the locker room. I was going to say, why <laughs> maybe, not – not, if, if you're Kyle, just let it die. Yeah, just, like, let, it, no yeah, re- just let it go. Like,
3: there's no reason. This is, this is this is a byproduct of a slow camp. Yeah. But, like, don't make yourself part of that story. No. Then just go in and wave. And he's a nice enough
1: kid. Tell your dad to be quiet and just go on with your life. And, you know, the other day we were talking about this of, of like, well, you know, he's played well enough in the preseason games, so maybe they keep him around. And now it's like. If if you're the front office and your third quarterback is showing up in newspapers and The Athletic and all sorts of places and it's become like a story and you don't even really think the guy's good anyway, what's the point? What's the point of keeping him? There's there's really no point to having a number three quarterback anyway.
0: Not in today's NFL.
1: No, I mean, because you can't trust the guy. If you get
0: there, then your team's to the tank. Yeah, yeah, right, a lot, a lot of, teams of teams don't. One of, they're one of the so, few teams that for the last few years it. have done that. Yeah. And, I mean, granted, they had to because of the Teddy situation and the uncertainty right. there, but... At this point, I don't think, I mean, you and I, even be- dating back to July when we put out our I only had two. 53, I only had
1: two. Yeah, I only had two. I, I don't really see a purpose. Um, people talk about the potential and everything else. He is 25 years old, and they've had him for two years. They know everything they have. And they did the same thing with Taylor Heineke. They kept him around for a couple of years. They said, okay, he, we know what we got. So they tried to kick in the glass right. uh, the, uh, the uh, pane. Yeah, that's right. But they even were patient through that, and then they decided, okay, well, this this isn 't really somebody that we need to have on our team, and we 're going to move on and use that roster spot for someone else and I think that they could do that here and maybe keep Jake Browning or maybe sign somebody else that they like from somebody else 's practice squad it 's very clear after two years of evaluation that uh, they 're just not that into you and the last thing I think you need to do in that situation is then be going kiffing interviews and saying that it's just a narrative that you're not practicing well when your head coach is saying it. So he's just it's like the more you talk, the more potential you have to say something stupid to get yourself a cut. But he, but he doesn't seem if to be I able was, to figure this out, which might tell us something about why he's number
3: three. If I was Kyle's dad, if, if I may step in here, I think what I would say is, Kyle, if your coach said that, go talk to him. Like, just clarify, yeah, right. clarify exactly what he meant. And but don 't talk to the press don't talk you, like there's not there's no right. upside there let's let's you know kyle let 's focus here let 's go talk to Mike <laughs> and see what Mr. Zimmer
1: says, and, and no one forces you to talk to us by the way and then that's but wow. That's, uh,
3: where
0: this is coming from most times is uh, the same spot. Well, right. Yeah, but so. no, but
1: you can always say, hey, I, I can't talk today. You can uh-huh. always you can say, hey, I'm the number three quarterback, Meeting. so no. I shouldn't ever be talking. I got a lift. You could also say that. Do quarterbacks lift?
0: Is that a thing, Judd?
1: I think they do lift. I think they do. I, <laughs> do. I don't think they're supposed to. So the, um, Look at Brett Favre. <laughs> the, the t- Post-career, he does nothing but lift. <laughs> the tweet that uh, I got here was about the Chicago Bears. So we were talking earlier about if um, everything yeah. goes the way that it has been going for the Vikings in training camp preseason, that they have a very good chance to go 11-5 and to win the NFC North, something in that ballpark. And I think that Vikings fans would be very happy with that result. I mean, that's kind of your best case scenario is if you're playing a home playoff game, that is the aim when you start the season. You don't even care necessarily about what your record is. It's do we get a home playoff game? And then you've got a pretty good chance. Um, I think recent history says that most of the teams who have had home field advantage throughout usually end up in the Super Bowl. Um, so there's, there's always a, a great chance if you have that. So anyway, um, the the Bears' role in this is fascinating, though, because I struggle to believe in Mitch Trubisky as a great NFL quarterback, or even I'm not even certain that good would be the answer for Mitch Trubisky. I struggle to see their defense doing it again without Vic Fangio, even though they still have a lot of talent. They can't figure out who their kicker is. It's a complete mess, which sort of opens the door to, uh, is Matt Nagy maybe not the greatest at handling all of this sort of thing? But if you're making the case for the Bears, you would say, look, another year of Matt Nagy's system. More weapons, Cordero Patterson being added to the mix. They could still run the ball quite well. Um, the reports out of training camp are that James Daniels, one of their draft picks on the offensive line, has been really good in training camp. So their offensive line is pretty solid. I mean, are, are we just on rocky ground with the Bears? Because that's where I am. I can't really put a, a, a finger on this. I could see your eight and eight. I could see your ten and six. I mean, I think when teams are in that range, it's very difficult to um, pin it down.
0: Yeah, I agree, and I think that that's I think some of the regression talk that we talk about with this team is unfair, because you're just going based on NFL history, and you're not looking at the fact that they have Khalil Mack and they have um, Leonard Floyd, and they have a really Roquan Smith, a really really good defense. Still, like I don't, you of course we, we I could talk about this like a thousand times. They're not going to score as many points on defense because off turnovers and things like that. You cannot predict that happening. That probably will regress. But I don't think, I mean, you lost two players, Bryce Callahan and what, Adrian Amos, you lost two players in free agency, and you still are a really darn good defense. So I don't think defensively there's going to be much regression in terms of the, the talent that they have alone. I mean, yeah, Chuck Pagano is running this defense. Like, Why do we like not give him any sort of credit? Is, is my theory. Like, you know, when you talk about, oh, Vic Fangio's gone, it's going to be, you know, su- such a downgrade. Like, why are we completely I, writing I, off
1: Chuck Pagano? Well, I think it's more about saying Vic Fangio's really, really good.
0: Yeah, I understand that. Chuck Pagano won a Super Bowl. Like, wh- wh- what what am I missing here?
1: I think it comes
3: down to the fact that the bears fall in that category and there's always what 5 to 6 teams like this per year yeah. or so sure. where they're going where you feel like okay somebody's somebody who was good at the previous year is going to be bad yeah. this year. Uh, the thing that Nagy's done that I really question and and it I guess starts with the whole kicking thing but it's this whole negative reinforcement. Yeah. The entire summer and the springtime of, of like let's watch the Philly game. Let's watch the Philly yeah. game again. And now, now if you were if you're coming off a bad year and and you you want to kick players in the ass, I get that completely and be like you are failures. Here's how we're. I don't know. I like it, but I get that. But they had so much success and to na- and to do it once. Okay, I totally get that. But it sounds like it was just this continual of don't forget Philly, don't forget Philly. Which I think gets into guys' minds. And, and Trubisky, you're trying to develop him, and yet you're trying, and yet you're telling him, "Don't forget how we failed." That one, to me, especially in 2019, and the way people are now, that seems to be a really odd way to go about getting the best from young people who are coming off a pretty good year. For yeah, Judge
0: calling everyone soft. That's what he's saying right there. The way people are now no, in it's 2019. They, uh, no, it's true. but but you got to approach them differently. <laughs> no, I agree. But I But if think... the Bears were bad, I get I get that.
3: I don't yeah. get this.
0: They, the whole thing that I like struggle with here is the way he's handling this kicker situation. Yes, they st- it's August twenty second. It bothers me. It's going into the third preseason game, which, according to Matt Nagy, doesn't mean anything. But as a caveat, when you don't have positions figured out, you should be playing guys. You should, like, if you're a team that's fine and you can put guys on ice, okay, don't play them. Whatever. Like, I don't care if it's Kirk Cousins or whatever. Like, if you, just to simplify the argument we had in Hot Routes, but if you're a team like the Chicago Bears and you have multiple undecided positions, most namely with, like, your special teams. That's, like, you know, that's recipe for disaster by, like, just containing this to camp alone and practices alone.
1: It's, it's almost, like, um, similar to what some of our criticisms have been of Mike Zimmer, where when things have gotten hairy, there are times during his tenure where he just has kind of melted a little bit. When they're 5-0 and and then they hit a two-game losing streak and all of a sudden you've got an offensive coordinator quitting and it feels like the world is falling apart. And then last year you have to fire an offensive coordinator and, again, it just feels like the walls are collapsing around you. And when you're seeing that with Matt Nagy and the kicker situation – um, you kind of feel the same way of like you're handling this like a lunatic. And so now I wonder about how you're going to handle <laughs> other things that don't go your way because this year is going to be harder than last year when they went 12 and 4. That there will be more roadblocks to you getting there than there were because of what you mentioned that people aren't going to throw you the ball and you run it for a touchdown as many times uh, this year, just natural regression. And then your quarterback is just very highly questionable since he is not a very good thrower and, and he's going to be volatile. At times, and if so, you would do run into some bumps in the road on defense. Can Mitch Trubisky overcome those? I don't know that he really can. So I look at it as a very, very talented team with the potential to have everything sort of lock into place again and, and to win the division or be very good. So we're not necessarily saying throw them in the garbage because they're going to drop off, but there's also these uh, landmines, I, I guess, that they could easily run into that would blow up their entire season. That's how I look at Chicago. And the other part of the conversation, too, is how much you believe in Green Bay. Now, you don't, right? No, like I you, don't. you think that... You think they're going to be same as last year? I don't think they have enough
0: surrounding Aaron Rodgers. Like, I know how good the guy is, but... Like I brought up and we talked about in July, you could name every single player that they have on this roster. It does not equate to a Super Bowl. And I think...
1: You know what we most have in common, the two of us, is that we'll remember tweets from years ago oh, I do forget. months anything. ago. Well, you both have, yeah. yeah. You both Grudge, remember, grudge yeah. issues.
0: I don't know if it's called grudge issues. It's just as much of a good memory. Adversarial um, personality. Yeah, that too. Well, that's uh, exactly what it is. The, <laughs> the thing with like, the Packers, I mean, we've talked about the Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers' relationship and that it's already kind of rocky. I mean, you hear things coming out of training camp where it's either a team that has no fight or it's a team that's very soft and a team that you're not sure how it's going to get through the regular season. And you have a quarterback who wants things done his way and a coach trying to come in allegedly trying to, you know, lay down some groundwork here, which in theory it should be the coaches say, but is Aaron Rodgers? this this is the Green Bay Packers. I mean, he is the Green Bay Packers. That's my thing. I just don't understand where we're still, like, I was talking about this on national radio, like, recently, where people think that, oh, no, he should be able to come in and assert himself, and, and, you know, if if Rodgers is going to, you know, abuse the hard count, essentially, like, pull him out. (laughs)
1: <laughs> you think it's going to go well? You think it's going to go well at all? Show. It's, it, it's all, uh, supposed 20, to Twenty thousand of their owners will fire you, <laughs> <laughs> however many they have. Shareholders. Their defense is, is
3: going to be improved, I think. Though, yeah. A little bit. I don't know what to make of them, but I can't dismiss them. That's uh, I'm. I was previously the last few years saying they got to be good, right? They got to be good. I was wrong. I can't dismiss them. With with the Bears, though, I come back to there's all there's only so many teams that pop up like them, and then a few of them go backwards. So I'm not going to be surprised if the Bears – I'm not saying they win four games, but I'm not going to be shocked if they're a non-playoff team. The Packers, I just don't know. I can't I can't. Where tell. do you have and, them right now? The Bears? No, the Packers. Packers. The Packers, uh, I have
0: – Eight and eight to be safe. Uh,
3: uh, right now I've got the Vi- – Right now I'd probably go Packers, Vikings, or flip-flop them, Bears third. But the thing is, is it going to matter? If Lafleur and Aaron don't get along, okay – at some point in time, is Aaron just going to say, okay, we're doing things my way? Uh, the Packers now, with, with their GM, Gutekunst, he's not going to say, well, you've got to listen to LaFleur because right. Aaron's going to say. The interesting dynamic here is largely personality-wise, very different people, but Aaron has turned into Brett Favre. It's turned into the same thing of he's bigger than,
1: than your team, yeah. and by the way, you need him so much. That you can't just be like, shut up and go away. But also, by the way, Aaron is just not as good as he used to be. It's, I mean, it's just right there and, Aaron Rodgers is not Aaron Rodgers is not as good as he used to be Over the last three to four years He hasn't been the same guy as he was When he was putting up numbers that were the best of all time That, that was probably 2011 through 2015 But even the games that we've seen against the Vikings There was one in Green Bay When the Vikings had basically packed it in yep. That he lit them up But aside from that Tell me the other game where Aaron Rodgers has played against the Vikings and smoked them or, or shown that he was that That's same player. It, 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 not since I moved here in 2016. I mean, the the first home game that I covered was Rodgers Zimmer, and the Open of U.S. Bank Stadium, and he didn't play that well that night.
3: Zimmer was brought here, point one was to slow Aaron down. Yeah. Because pre-Mike with Les here, it was a gong show. Right. Right. Like he was the the cornerbacks were would turn around and watch the ball whiz by their helmets. <laughs> so so Mike yeah. and, and to his credit, Mike is good at that. Yep, Mike is very good. The question is, can you do that to everybody, or or do do you start to play quarterbacks who are ascending, who it becomes incredibly difficult? Right.
1: Against? Yeah, I I think that uh, from what we've seen from him. Um, He doesn't have the same athleticism that he used to, and he's not going to necessarily adjust. He doesn't love to do play action and turn his back to the the defense, which is a major—you're talking about that relationship. It's a major fundamental difference of some quarterbacks do not like to run the play action. They like to be able to see the defense the whole time, and so this— new coach is saying, no, actually, you got to run these play actions all the time, and Aaron Rodgers is saying, I don't really want to do that, and you're asking him to adjust, and he already hasn't been as good recently. I think that sort of screams an 8-8 eight eight team if their defense is, is okay, but I also think they made a mistake in the guy that they drafted in uh, Rashawn Gary. Didn't strike me as a guy who could step in. A lot of positive either. reviews up there. Has he been about good? Well, him, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know if he's going to be a guy who steps right in and makes an impact. Well, so. I mean,
0: is Jade Sternberger going to be a guy that steps no, in and makes an impact? No. Absolutely not they no, have davante adams and then not.
1: who else right they are lacking in weapons rogers isn't the same it's a new system that he doesn't want to play <laughs> like there's a there's a lot of black clouds around that team and i look at them as hey maybe they'll go uh eight and eight or something but i'm not sitting here saying that they're the biggest threat to the vikings i think it's still the packers so um let's take a break we'll come right back you are listening to purple daily we are at the minnesota state fair here on score north
2: All right, it is Score North download time. I'm Manny Hill. It's 3.44, and, uh, of course, we are live right now at the great Minnesota get-together, the Minnesota State Fair, and uh, we'll have programming, live programming, uh, all the way through 6 o'clock tonight. So uh, stop on by if you happen to be uh, on your way to the fair or if you are uh, already here at the fair and you're listening to us on that fabulous and free Score North mobile app. And uh, if you want to know where we are, we are off Chambers Street on the left edge of the Grandstand. We're right next door to uh, KSTP TV Channel 5 and uh, their booth as well. So come on out. Check us out. Come say hi as we have uh, one more segment of Purple Daily here. And then uh, we'll get into Maggie and Judd with Rami from 4 to 6. And also you can come by and check out our Score North merchandise booth. That'll be open until 9 o'clock tonight. It'll be open 9 until 9 every day. Uh, here at the State Fair. And if you show us your Score North mobile app, you will receive a $5 t-shirt. And also, we're donating all proceeds from the All Arise t-shirts to Luis Arise's favorite charity, the Ronald McDonald House. So come on out. Check us out here at Score North at the Great Minnesota get Together. That's just going to download back now for one final segment of Purple Daily.
1: Thank you, Manny. Uh, Mackie and Judd with Rami is coming up next, and if you want to come by, we're near the cookies. That's the best way I can describe I'll it. your nose. We are right near the cookies, and <laughs> at least on day one, it smells pretty good over here. I won't make any promises for uh, the end of the fair. Yeah, no, <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> But right now it's great to be day this close. Day 8 most, will uh, not be reflective <laughs> of what day 1 was. Um, I have a Twins related question for you here on our football program, Judd. Um Wow. So yeah, I know, right? So uh sorry. The I, I nothing in the contract. I the know cup. that, that scared you. I, yeah. So, uh, the conversation around the Twins after they lose 2 out of 3 to the Chicago White Sox is basically yeah. everything goes back to you didn't make a trade for a starting pitcher. Mm-hmm. Like uh, like and that's every conversation when they struggle is, oh, uh, Barrios didn't pitch well, so I guess you should have got yourself a starter, right? Yeah. What What's that going to be for the Vikings? Is there going to be something that we constantly go back to all the Easy. time? Are you gonna, Easy. Easy. You guys a kicker? Offensive
0: line.
3: Well, and that in, you didn't go and, in
0: free agency and go partic- get Roger
3: Saffold. And in particular, to me, it's right guard. Yeah. How, how can Klein not have competition? I keep saying this whole...
0: Because Drew Samia is just not there yet.
3: Right, but I'm saying how can you not... If you want to bring in a veteran who struggled, okay, go for it. Perhaps he can change his career course. But this whole thing of there's no competition in Egan is not a good conversation. I keep saying this. Football's not meant to be like everybody said on opening day of camp, you know. Your kicker's your only moving piece, you guys. So I'm with Courtney. I think the offensive line and the fact that you chose through how you structured things not to have competition and you're just like well we're we're moving the pieces around football yeah i don't like that and, so I,
0: and it's also if I can interrupt oh, um, they're trying to like I think I've mentioned this on the show and you didn't know what the Mean Girls reference was of like stop trying to make
1: sorry. fetch happen. Yeah, that was a mistake. Stop I trying to part. not know that.
3: That's I, a lo- I love he's
1: a Mean Girls. It just went over my head in the moment. I'm sorry. It's a meme constantly oh, on God. Twitter. I mean he's
0: just uneducated. She was uneducated. That uneducated. <laughs> That's a joke. Um, stop trying to make 2017 happen. Like, the the fact that you spent all this money on a backloaded deal for Anthony Barr, on a contract for Everson Griffin when you probably could have gotten away with letting him go. And that one bothers me. And and, and with Kyle Rudolph, too, who there was very clear dis- a very clear discrepancy in what he thought his value was and what this front office thought its value was. I think that if we're looking back at this, and they figure that in order to get back to the NFC Championship game, they needed the pieces that got, like most of the pieces that got them there in the first place, if that backfires, and you're going to say, you could have spent all of this money that you really didn't even have, because it was, you know, the Eric Kendricks deal that they had to mortgage, so it's the first deal that Rob Brzezinski's had to mortgage um, since he's been here, like, just to get Garrett Bradbury signed, like, you had a lot of financial hardship here, essentially, with your salary cap, and you spent it a certain way um, on a lot, what a lot of people would consider players that are entering the the other side of their prime that's where I think fans will come back and say well you could have done this differently and starting with spending big money on an offensive lineman in free agency.
1: You like to call this Judd first guess and when you can first guess that something might be problematic in its approach then you can criticize and if I mean there are signings that the Twins have made that haven't worked out in the past where we all went oh that's a good signing it just didn't work out. Lance Lynn the Texas Rangers got the stats that the uh, Twins were looking for last year and you know sometimes things break the wrong way. And they can have that
3: miserable SOB. Yeah, yeah, I know. I agree. Um, (laughs) Don't get
2: Judd started on Lance Lynn, man.
1: Well, we feel the same about Lance Lynn. But that one we all said, oh, well, the signing makes a lot of sense. And with the offseason, I think the equivalent to the Twins not trading for a starting pitcher is either Everson Griffin, Xavier Rhodes, or Anthony Barr because that's a lot of cap space within those three guys. And with Uh, All three, you can question two of them. Are they going to be what they used to be? Probably not. It's more likely that they're not than that they are. And then with Anthony Barr, was it really worth this much money? So last year, you're missing uh, Anthony Barr for a couple of games. He has the hamstring issue. Eric Wilson comes in. And I'm not saying there's no difference. Of course there's a difference. Anthony Barr is a very unique and specially talented player. But their defense performed pretty well in the games that Anthony Barr wasn't in. And Eric Wilson is a talented player, too. And uh, that position, I'm just not sure how uh, incredibly valuable it is in the NFL today. So I think this well, is not it's, necessarily in this defense. It's, it's the, the spending of the money, but also they went 75% in for Kirk Cousins, but not 100 like, getting Klein, okay, you got a lineman, but I don't but know going to you got a lineman right.
3: who is coming off a, a bad year, and, right. and it's not that hard. Barr and Griffin can't both come back. It, it's like a Christmas list, right? You hand a five-year-old a, a, a piece of paper and a pencil and say, give me the gifts in order, right? Because mom and dad can't buy everything. And so if you put Anthony Barr's back, I really want him back. Okay, that's cool. Um, but then, when, when you get to the Griffin line, you just got to be like, "I'm sorry, we can't afford an, uh, you know to bring uh, Griffin back." Okay, I don't so, think it's that
1: tough. So, so th- th- this question is to ask another question: If it doesn't work out, if they lose in the first round of the playoffs, they miss the playoffs, whatever. Yeah, um, will we say they didn't do enough? For Kirk Cousins, like, do you think that they've done enough? Now they would argue, "Hey, we got the guy Gary Kubiak. I mean, this is a legend that we brought in here to help him. We drafted. Still don't know how we got here. Drafted. No, we don't. Uh, drafted a first round player U- offense. UFO, I told you guys. Drafted a second round player on offense. Which to me, you just sort of shrug your shoulders because you don't know. Um, but I think that that would be their case. And the opposite case would be, look, there were some wide receivers out there. There were some other linemen who were more expensive. And, yes, you're going to overpay for them. But if you're going to overpay for something, are you going to make it a lineman or a linebacker with this team? I think it, you would maybe lean toward the, the lineman. So I, I wouldn't say that he would get um, a free ride for them not doing enough. I, I do think that we will come back and be constantly reevaluating did they actually do
3: enough. I think we, we are going to get to a point in – This year, I'm not going to be surprised if we say, "How could you not have competition at that spot?"
0: I think you will at some point. I just think Samia's come along. Maybe he was overhyped, or maybe we just like expected. Oh, he's his own fit. Like he's he'll be a perfect fit to come in right away. And just realizing that that development takes time, and maybe took a. He's a fourth round pick. Like you don't expect guys like that to automatically be competing for spots. Right. Yeah. Like so. So that's where my mind. Cut fourth round picks before they have. they have. Um,
3: Good old Willie Beavers. Um, William
0: Beavers. Willie,
3: <laughs> really, you're not going to make the roster.
0: The, the thing that I I still think that when you look at it now, you can say they've done everything. But are we going to play this game of retrospect and just want to blame the front office of, oh, like this fell apart? Like, when is it going to fall on Kirk Cousins? When is it going to fall on you need to do your job? Like, yes, they, they knew who they were getting, they knew this guy had weaknesses. They're going to fall on both of them? Yeah, it c- it I, can, I, but I, mean, I, I don't think, know why the blame game... I'll blame game, everybody. I, yeah, I don't know why the blame <laughs> game has to go I'll blame everybody. I'll, I'll
1: blame you, I'll blame Collar, yeah. I'll blame everybody. Um, no, well, I, I think that um, you can, in this case, have your cookies and eat them too, based on where we're sitting right now. Stop taunting um, me. I know. Yeah, I mean... This show is over in 48 seconds. You can go get some <laughs> cookies, okay? Um, I don't want to wait But line. but But I, but I think... <laughs> I think if this doesn't work out really well for this offense and maybe somebody gets hurt, a receiver, or whatever, and it brings them down, then we can say, you know what, your opportunities were there to do more. Or if Griffin doesn't play well, if Rhodes doesn't play well, if Barr is pretty much the same guy, it's not going to be quite worth it, we can say, you know what, there are questions, there are first guesses there that are very reasonable for things that maybe you should have done a different way. But at the same time, when you pay a quarterback that much and you give him a system that supposedly fits him and two elite wide receivers and an elite running back talent and all those things, it's very hard to say wasn't his fault. So that is our program for today. <laughs> I can blame everybody. That's all I know. Yeah, well, you you do it very well. Uh, and I can, will. You, can you read your headline real quick before we wrap up for the Wild press conference today? It's just fantastic. Uh, yes.
3: The he- The headline was dog and pony show <laughs> because the Wild, of course, unveiled their dog when they were supposed to be unveiling their gm and then i've, I've yeah they, they adopted the rest, a dog but, i
1: think that's a great idea yeah. that's the best thing they've done this offseason. season it was it is adopting was
3: a dog wild does best to distract us from reality <laughs> and before that dog and pony
1: show that's the best All judd right.
0: zolgat headline writer for the new york daily news mackie and judd with ron coming
1: up Page next six. courtney's <laughs> getting some cookies uh, make sure you check out scorenorth.com and download the podcast we will talk to y'all tomorrow from the fair